Welcome to Ausfilm Creatives, a podcast about Australian creatives working behind the camera. My name is Peter Sylvester and I'm your host. Welcome listeners. Uh, in this episode we have Damien Beebe, who's a camera operator and also a cinematographer, who's worked on such films as Mary Poppins Returns, 13 Hours and Edge of Tomorrow. And he also has uh, done cinematography on several feature films more recently as well, such as AA, The Wrathful Soul, which is still to come out I think, and also Blackwater Abyss, which is in post-production at the moment. Damien was kind enough to invite me over to his place so we could do a one-on-one recording. So enjoy. Welcome to uh, to the show, Damien. And um, yeah, we really would love to find out about how you initially got into filmmaking. Uh, so many different ways, actually. It's uh, one can get find your way into filmmaking. I presume I got it from more, more from the practical side of things. I studied engineering, wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do, and then got an you know, it's done sort of work for a staging company, which is quite fun, entertainment, and then got on to editing, you know, and then editing, you learn the sequence, what goes together, and then sitting in a dark room, editing other people's pictures that don't quite make sense and everything gets a bit frustrating. And having a photographic background, and I thought, you know, I can be better than this, and started getting onto camera, and then just kind of found it, that was what my real passion was all about. So, and I was good at it. And was there something uh, in your younger days that really attracted you to filmmaking? Something that, that went, oh, this, I'd love to do that? Well, it was, it was interesting. I, you know, I was the eldest of five boys. So um, my other two brothers, you know, younger brothers were into the films. You know, my dad was, his passion was photography. He was a dentist, but his passion was photography. So he used to love his photographs and everything. So... I presume you got it, and my mother was a makeup artist, so I presume you kind of got into it from that side of things. It was very creative. And uh, while I was studying, my other two brothers were over in Australian film school, you know, learning their art over there. So I got it into one way, they got into another. Excellent. I mean, yeah, probably having that engineering um, angle, you probably took approaches a little bit differently, maybe even. Yes, it was. Well, the whole thing was. You know, that's when video started coming out, you know, you know, tube cameras and that kind of stuff. And, and film was its entity and video was its entity. It was still developing more. I mean, you had much more latitude with the film as far as blacks and darks and all that kind of stuff. Video, you still had tube cameras, so you had like this, the comet effect when you had the thing. And then later on when they came into chip cameras, then you had this kind of, it was like filming through a stocking if it got too dark and then... You just had all these different things. But if you knew the format you're working with, and it's like anything, if you, if you know the format you're working with and you're good at what you do, you can make it look like anything, really. Yeah, yeah. Well, you can, with, uh, the, the thing is with practice, like you can maybe do, you know, shoot with one camera, but if you don't really test it out and really push it through the all the, all the limit, limits it has, you, you kind of don't really ever end up letting it shine. Well, I think in this day and age, it's, it's learning your camera mm-hmm. that you're working with, learning its pros and cons, 
Some cameras handle low light better than others. Some cameras handle brighter light better than others. So find out what shoot you're doing, find out what parameters the camera works best at, and then pick the best camera for the, for the job. You know, that's what my advice would be. You know, and also budget makes a big difference as well. You know. Yeah. You yeah, know, I mean, you want that camera, but no, no, sorry, you can't. This is, here's, here's your iPhone, use that one. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and really, you can achieve these days. That's the thing. Like when I was studying, I, I still was learning on film. And then the first professional video camera was Betacam SP that we were shooting on. And, you know, now your iPhone, the picture quality is 20 million times better. Like, you know, equivalent if you know what you're doing. Yeah. So that it's, it's, so it's actually very easy to get a good image these days compared to when we were studying. You had to fight for it back in the day. And well, you're limited mm. what, you, what you could do. I mean, nowadays you have so much media at your disposal and so many ways of achieving what you want to achieve. So you've got to depend. Really, it's up to you and how you want to achieve it. And obviously, you know, budget and that. And, you know, when you're starting out, it's a lot of favors. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what life's about. There's a lot of favors and knowing who you know and can I please buy Oh, yeah, you know, I know somebody who has somebody who's something. Maybe they can get them on it <laughs> and they can do something on it. Absolutely, get them on it. You know, that's, you know, yeah, that's how it works. And it's all about a collaboration. And whether it's a student film or whether it's professional film up, you know, in the big budgets, million dollars, everything has the same. The wheels that do the small budget are the same that run the big budgets. So, you know, it's all, and it's a people industry, mm. really. The jobs that you do and that kind of stuff, it's the people you depend on and people who help put that project together. You know, it's never me. Mm. It's, it's always a we. group. That's yeah. <laughs> that's for sure. And the uh, working as a camera operator, did you focus towards becoming a cinematographer? Like obviously, you had your brother who already kind of made the way in, in doing that, but... In, from your perspective, were you really enjoying doing camera op more or was it that you kind of wanted to do both? Well, you know, I, can't, I was, you kind of operating and DP kind of fell, fell together, you know. And um, so the thing about operating, I mean, it's, it's framing, but as a DP, you also look at framing and more, more lighting. And I was lucky because was, I studied electrical engineering. Lighting was one of my subjects. And temperatures and all that kind of stuff long before people knew what they were talking about and you know? mm. so you're trying to explain to them again ah, kelvin everything works kelvin what's kelvin <laughs> it's, it's a light it's, you know it's it's a temperature in which light works and all that. but um yeah it's it's the what i love about you know cinematographer and even operating that is that you get to choose the frame a lot of the time and then a dp is working with you i mean in you as a DP, or if I'm getting somebody to work with, if I'm working with somebody else, I've got an idea on how they like their frames. You know, work with one director, he likes his frame this way, he doesn't want people centered, he wants people on the side of the frame. Other people want the people straight center in the frame. And knowing what they want gets you the job. Yeah. I think, yeah, that's that's the key thing. If you're, especially if you're working with somebody else, you have to. With communication, you have to ask those questions. And if you just rock up and go, yeah, 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 but you don't pay attention to really what the, you know, if, it's your, if, if you're DP or director, 
Because you, you might have your own vision on the script, but you realize actually that director is completely different. Exactly. And at, and, and at the end of the day, it's not, it's not your project. You're working for them, so you've got to make mm. them happy. In time, you'll have your own project and you do things your way, but you can add, you can suggest, and you do have a bit of play with things. You can frame it a little bit differently, maybe this way, maybe just to put a little personal kind of thing into it. But... You have that. And once they trust you completely, then you have so much more mm. creativeness in, 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 the, in the process. Definitely. Initially, um, when you started, what got you into the film industry? Was it um, just doing a heap of shooting for other people or what, what really kicked off in the film, in specifically, you know, in narrative filmmaking, I guess? Right, in filmmaking, it's, um, I don't know, you know, you start from, well, working in, in staging and that kind of stuff, we ended up, you know, working with agencies and stories and all that kind of stuff and, and commercials and everything. So you get to learn the process and how that, I'm telling a story, gets put down. Um, you see people's vision and how they do something. And, you know, the longer you're in it and be observant, you learn things from people, you know, and that's observed. Don't always think you know the answers to everything learn how and why people do this particular way so always found it interesting the way the shot was set up whatever because they're oh, I'm gonna do that a bit differently but okay I want to see how they do it and why it worked and how it worked and then you take that and integrate it in your stuff and it's telling a story you know where else do you get to see the world travel around and follow people's stories. And it's how you tell people's stories that I find so interesting in the job that we do. And it's uh, no job in the world could actually offer you some of the opportunities and the things that you get to do and see. Yeah. You know. And, you know, and film can be a powerful medium in in different ways, but specifically if you've got like a story that, that is trying to reach out to people to maybe, a, you know, like a biopic might talk about things that you don't realize it's going on in the world and you're able to communicate that through you know cinematography and really try and you know you don't not many other jobs give you that satisfaction i guess no it is and 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 it is it's about telling a story and how well you can tell a story mm. or get their story across you know you know a director has his particular vision and how he wants his story told and as a DP, you have an opportunity to create canvas in which to tell that story. Mm. And that is, that's great. It's, that's fun. Mm. It is amazing. During the production, during uh, your early days, do you have any, anything you distinctly remember that you just went, wow, I'm, I'm living in this and something that really changed your attitude to, uh, that you knew now this is what you wanted to do? Yeah, I think, I think you know, <laughs> you've got to do the hard yards, you know, you, you go through stages and, and, you know, in my first really big feature film, I was like, you know, that I was working with my brother, he said, I've got this film, let's go do this. Um, um, I go, well, what do you want me to do? He said, oh, well, you know, we need like video. I know you're really good at video. We need like uh, something. You know, video split, right? when I was called video split at the time, is like some, so the director can see what they're filming. So, of course, so that was that was an interesting field to get into. And I was trying to do wireless back in the day when it was just, you know, 
as long as they're in, in 10 foot of the, the thing at work, you know. But, uh, and, it's, and it's trying to, you know, the director really needs, and particularly with film, because they just had a sensor inside the viewfinder that picked up the vision, that the, and it wasn't very good. Mm. But they needed to see it, and, and the televisions, as soon as out in the sunlight, was no good. So that was a technical sign. I had to get my head around and work with film and this and that. And, of course, at that, that end, you're, one of the, you're at the lower end of the scale in film. And it's a very hierarchy thing. Mm. You've got to, back in the day, not so much nowadays, but... Like and they had to work your way into, you had to do your, the hard yards before you just didn't jump into becoming an operator or DP or something. You mm. actually had to know somebody and start from the bottom and work your way up. And people on the way got to recognize you and slowly let you into the kind of field. Yeah, have that trust. and That trust. Nowadays things are different. Things work at different speed. And, and, but there's more competition now. Yeah. Never before. And everyone's a director, everyone's a DP, <laughs> everyone's an operator. Yeah. And, you know, with multimedia, you can make it look really good and everything like that. But when it comes to the crunch, dealing with people and put in hard positions, you've got to learn not to freeze up or freak mm. out or just breathe mm. and solve the problem. Mm. Yeah. I'm sorry, I've just uh, disappeared on me. Um. Just give me a second. I have no idea where it went. I bet you I pressed like delete on it. <laughs> Here we go. So talking about your working with your brother uh, on, he, you end up working on quite large project, uh, yeah. projects yeah. like, um, uh, I guess, uh, what's the title tomorrow? Like. Edge of Tomorrow. Edge of Tomorrow, that's it. Sorry. Nine was a big one with all huge cast, like Daniel Day-Lewis, Sophie Loren, Nicole Kidman, you know, Penelope Cruz. And like, and so you get to work with huge kind of celebrities who, you know. But the thing is not to get intimidated by that kind of stuff. And and the pressure is on, like Edge of Tomorrow with Tom Cruise was, quite, was, was fun and, and Tom's a great guy. He's, he's very respectful of everything. But... When it comes on the set, it's work. Mm. If the camera's on, ready to go, whatever, he's not going to hang around and waste time. Time is money, and it's a lot of pressure. And uh, Doug Lehman, who was the director at the moment, likes his thing in a particular way. And uh, I've, I've worked with directors that have that, and they, they do have that extra very vision. Focused. Yeah, very, very focused. Yeah, very focused. And know what they want. 100% on it. And so. it's funny because Tom was saying, oh, no, Doug, did you try this, whatever? And you go, yeah, 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 and just... <laughs> yeah, well, yeah sometimes yeah. you, you have if you have that strong vision it's not a bad thing because i think as a director you there's a lot on your shoulders no there's a lot on your shoulders and but it's you know if you focus like that and and can cut out all the other bullshit that that's trying to steer in one direction you're true to your vision it's it's hard yeah because all these other people are trying to steer you in a different way yeah, it's tricky. And I can see why some directors like want final cut and things like that because yeah. they just know that in the edit it can st- still get destroyed. <laughs> yeah, but at the, at the end of the day when you're on these big budgets and the pressure's on and they're doing, the, you know, you know the shot that you're about to do is is like a million dollars worth of pyrotechnics or stuff's going to go off, whatever. You've got to make sure you get the shot. You don't, you don't want to be the one putting up your hand saying, uh, um, excuse, uh, can we just... Um, <laughs> Um, were we rolling on that one? 
Oh, it was funny. I was watching the behind the scenes on one of the Matrix films, and that was exactly that moment. It was so amazing. You know, they were shooting on film, and it was meant to be these cars flying on the freeway, you know, crashing. Some, you know, this like pneumatic thing that crushes one of the bonnets, and yeah. and the two cars on the, on the trailer on the moving vehicle. Like he says, oh, the camera's not rolling, and he, the AD had to call it the last five seconds. They put up a sign, apparently. And you know where you can't yeah, you yeah. can't quit before that. No, he, no. he literally called it like half a second before they passed that sign to say no nah, because the two cameras were they were supposed to be rolling at three hundred frames or something. You know, yeah, that's it's mechanical film. You know, you don't know sometimes. Yeah, but I'll tell you, the pressure that would be just being a first AD. You'd be like, what? Like that's a big call. <laughs> no, and people remember they remember. The stuff ups they don't remember the actual yeah i remember the time when i got that no i remember the time when you did that yeah, yeah. and you know in, in a case you do have to make those big calls where like well that's going to cost like you said a million dollars to do that shot yeah but that's and, why they have like i remember when we did um edge of tomorrow i was you know they had this opening scene where the helicopter flies up up the Thames, this huge Puma helicopter, flies up the Thames, comes, comes past the Parliament House, and then it crosses and lands in Trafalgar Square, which is the first time helicopters ever landed in Trafalgar Square. <laughs> it had 11 cameras on that day. Wow. Covering the, the footage. And I was actually in the helicopter with Tom. So my, I was, I was deep in that particular sequence. And of course, you're filming inside the chopper, looking out, and the daylight and the exposure is so different, and, mm-hmm. and they weren't, didn't allow any, they tried to have the LEDs and they weren't strong enough and everything like so you have all this whole pressure of everything and trying to get that shot and and mm-hmm. it's on film so you can't play back or no you know you're only getting your results two days later wow yeah, yeah and you have to you know throw your RS here back here then everywhere and it's the opening shot and, and you couldn't even put anything on the windows like NDs no no, no 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 it's, it's, it's an army helicopter yeah, they want so they, nothing they want to know nothing about that yeah you have to just and it's not because he's flying with the with the side door open. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, I remember that side door open. So it's, he's looking out, and it's uh, and you get in position, and there's all these rules and regulations where you can go and where you can't go, and uh, and Tom and Tom and the, the pilots all pumped. Everyone's pumped, and, <laughs> and you're going, oh, just please, do, please, God, let the shot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, pressure like that, and, and, you, know, and you you know, the the day before you're trying to make sure everything's set but there's still the error of something going mm. and then what end, ended up we end up finishing all the shot and then we had to do emergency landing because the hydraulics started going and we landed the side of the chopper was covered in oil oh, <laughs> no. but the pilots were good they're going and yeah you know, they sort of filling up with smoke you know and they said oh no we're just going to come back and land we just need a bit of technical problem and you know so we'll be right well they're, they're in the same shoes really in that sense i mean theirs is more vital than you being yeah. a camera operator but same deal high yeah. pressure no 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 high pressure this and, and yeah. landing and and it was uh yeah. yeah it's fun so you know moments like that you definitely remember yeah i got to land a helicopter in Fargo square that's pretty cool. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I one thing I learned from a, a helicopter pilot, very experienced one, you know, that he he kind of said to me, "You didn't ask me how many hours I've flown," and it's like a big mistake because yeah. I should have. Because we the shots I wanted to get were like side on tracking shots, but this yeah. guy was a full on film yeah. experienced helicopter pilot, and you know that's uh, one of the things I experience as a, you know, learning still, you know. Working with other full-on high-end professionals like yes. that, 
that you've actually really got to communicate. Yes, but imagine, imagine, imagine the answer if you did say, oh, by the way, how many flying hours have you got? Oh, 12. <laughs> would your shoot would have gone as smoothly as you expected? Yeah, you know, you know that's yeah, exactly. it. Then you would have been so aware about everything. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes ignorance is bliss in some way and, you know, other times. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, in this case, though, I needed yeah. the guy to be pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> but no, but then, you, you know, once you've done a lot of these things, you know what good flying is and you know mm. what, yeah, so then you can always direct them in a particular way as well. Yeah. You can tell them what works and what doesn't work. Yeah, definitely. You know, make sure they bank on the inside and then bank on the outside. Like, <laughs> flip out of the <laughs> chopper, which has happened before. So. Yeah, I remember I had to do a little corporate shoot, and then for some reason they decided, oh, well, one side photographer and then the videography on the other side, and you're like, oh, this, uh, no, is, gonna, no. this, this is not going <laughs> to work. No. Oh, well. What, no, we know. need to balance it out. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't care about balancing now. Just make sure I get, you know. Yeah, that's it. It's crazy. Um, and so... Working on a high high end production like that, what are some of the takeaways that you, you do when you end up working on a small project? Like, is there something that that really helps you to? Is it just having that extra high pressure dealing with, or is it more that working on a small project you can actually be a little bit more relaxed about it? Well, I think working on a higher end, you you tend to there's a lot more things in place, so they have. You know, they've tried to cover every corner of the things that can go wrong. So you're much more relaxed. You're much more, I mean, you have a bigger crew, which you're, which you're responsible for. You have longer setup times to do things, longer lighting times, but you have that time and you have that, I mean, a lot of pressure to get it done, but you you have a lot of, you know, a lot of help. When you're doing smaller productions, it's just you, a few guys, and you are always chasing your tail. You're trying to get the best shots, that, you know. So... That's why I love working with the the big production and the smaller productions, you know, because it keeps you honest. It keeps you if you work in the big productions all the time, you take a lot for granted and mm. the guys are complaining about the food for God's sake. Oh no, 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 no <laughs> just not the, again. Guys, you know, just you're so lucky doing what you're doing and just be happy with what you're doing and you know ten, you know, if you work on the big films all the time, I believe you almost you must gotta give back on what you take. Mm. You know do the odd ones that kind of get you back to the grassroots and you appreciate the big ones more. And then it's, you know, so it's, as I always believe in giving back, I'll always do some that have no budget. If it's a good enough script that I feel like it's, it's because you get more, much more kind of satisfaction and feedback because you know, you've had more input and, uh, and yeah, and you're helping people around you and they, and they enjoy and appreciate what, what you have to offer. Mm. And uh, I saw in your website you've got a little motto about uh, you, you need to have a sense of humour on set. Like that's so oh, yes. vital. Like tell us no, about no. why you think that's so important. No, no. If you haven't got a sense of humour on set, you're not going to last very long. You can't take everything personally. You know, if you if you're a very sensitive person, well, maybe become an actor or something like that. <laughs> even even that might be a bit hard to kind of yeah bit bad advice. But it is. It's it's um you work with people all the time. You're going to have different personalities. You're going to have different temperaments some people you know can take a joke some people can't so it's, it's but you've got to be able to stand back and at the end of the day laugh at yourself or laugh at a situation that's kind of unfolding because sometimes it's beyond redemption sometimes it's just going down one way and you just got to kind of stand back and go well you know what do we do let's try salvage it let's you know once you know 
once you see the situation for what it is and stand back and we're not saving lives here. We're making mm. a movie. Don't take it so seriously. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just a movie. Then we'll work it out together and we'll make it work. Yeah. But don't break down into a ball and cry and think it's the end of the world because it's not. Uh, and there's yeah. always a solution around something, you know, and, you know, have fun with it. This is the industry, you know, you're making a movie. Mm. You make telling a story, have fun with the story. Then people can see what you put into it when they watch it. Yeah, I definitely think in um, you go to the movies and you watch a movie, you can kind of get a vibe or a sense of what that you know what the filmmakers were feeling when they made it. And fair enough, if it's an art house film with a really strong message, cool, you know, it's serious. But you still you can still see the passion. But on on a I suppose a more fun film, you want to make sure that you can that comes through the picture. Yes, but even like a serious film, you can have fun with it. Mm. And, and then the people would want to work with you again because they had fun making that movie. It wasn't a be-all and end-all. It wasn't like the drama, oh, God, this is going to, you know. You know, I enjoyed working with them and they were fun to work with and it wasn't a big deal and everyone was good and you had a drink afterwards and everyone got on well. There was no bickering and bitching and moaning and that mm. kind of stuff. And it's once you create that environment and if you work a lot in that environment, you can create it yourself. Mm, definitely. So in saying uh, having fun with all those projects, do you find any certain genres that you actually have more fun or that you can have you know, during the shoot? Because like I've heard, I mean, my personal experience is limited, so I, I don't know, but I, like on a horror movie, I tend to have more fun because it's like it's, it's make, make play really, but then on a, like a comedy or, a, you know, that those kind of it's actually more serious, which is weird. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think most comics are manic depressant anyway. So <laughs> well, yeah. the time you got that to deal with. But, yeah. Um, yes, comedy and that. It, it's so once people they, they pick up a particular vibe when you're on set, and this, and if it's a nice, fun vibe, and it's a comedy, and and it's a lot to do with the actors and and, and the people putting it together, you can have a lot of fun with that. Mm-hmm. You know, when things aren't going well, it's 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 uh, it's tough. Like I've worked a lot of musicals and that's a whole different genre in itself. Mm. It's a lot of everything's fixed and timings and that kind of stuff. And it's, uh, you know, and then there's horror is always great because, mm. you know, you have so much more leeway to experiment and have fun. And, and if you're, if you were a kid that used to love giving frights to people and everyone loves to give frights to people. Mm. I mean, I had five brothers used to scare the shit out of them. So <laughs> yeah. that was, that was fun. So, if we do a horror, I have a lot of fun with that. Yeah, definitely. You know, I like to kind of um, find ways to kind of bring the tension in and, and then scare the people and also have fun with the camera. Mm. Try different things because you can. And the thing is, there's no, you know, you don't have to worry about big stars because if you have a big star, you know he's going to survive. If you have somebody you're not quite sure who they are, you know you can kill them off at any stage. Mm. And no one really knows when they're going to die. So Yeah, that, that is you an know. interesting point. You've got to be, you got to balance that when you get a, when you get a, horror movie made don't get don't get too much of a big star for it otherwise exactly, exactly. <laughs> but it's it's you know and it's uh most films are like a gamble you're trying to go in there and you you, you know obviously think your script's the best this and that when you get there and suddenly find it doesn't hit the audience you want but then you can have a there's a lot lot more successes i think on horror movies that have been made that have hit the hit it and made their money mm. hit and miss you know than it is with trying to get a comedy because comedy is so hard. Oh, Got to get yeah. that timing and different countries have different yeah. comedy cues. You know, different 
French are very different and mm. Koreans are very different and Americans are very different. You know, Americans you've got to explain the joke to and English is more innuendos and that kind of stuff. So it's that whole, you know, it's nothing worse than, you know, trying to be sarcastic and, and, and somebody says, oh, that wasn't very nice. And you say, oh, no, no, I was, I was, I was joking. <laughs> yeah. And they go, oh, oh, that's, that's, that's funny. Oh, yes. Uh, oh, uh, yeah, funny, I, I get it. <laughs> You're a funny guy. There's <laughs> 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 Mrs. Mark on Yeah, you know, you can't do that on a movie, that's for sure. No, no, and, and particularly now, you know, and I feel a bit sorry for a lot of the new students coming up into the industry now because whereas before, you know, as I say, don't take everything so personally. Now a lot of things on political mm. correctness is taken so personally. And somebody can take what you say out of context and use it and you can get in trouble. Yeah. You know, you know and and that's saying, but I, but I was joking. It's, mm. it's it's not. And it depends on who you work with. Like, you're working in London, everyone's kind of, what? And you sit down, you get to have to do these kind of human resources thing, what you can and cannot do, whatever, and everyone's going... Seriously? Serious? What? 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 Yeah. And so you know, you know, it's, you know. But you know, go over to America and you work like that, and and you you've got to change your, you know, how you how you present yourself on set. You yeah. Know? And because some people's humor aren't as good as that one. Some may take it as a joke. Some may not take it as a joke. So. Yeah. But uh, the sad thing is, you know, some people are too serious about what they're doing, and, and this. We're there to make films and have fun and enjoy and just yeah, and then, then you'll enjoy it if it's too serious and everything like that. It, people have to lighten up a bit. Yeah, I mean Sometimes. my my thing, my go to with with films, um, especially what, the stories that to me that I love. Like as an example, I'd say my favorite film. I'm not saying it's the best film ever, but is Aliens because that encapsulates everything. It's not a film that, you know, it's serious as in horror, yeah. but there's comedy in it, there's action, there's a bit of romance. You know, there's, it's got all these elements that gel together really well. And, you know, I think in storytelling, you kind of need that as well in other, in modern films, because when you start, like you said, films that say, take themselves too seriously, they'll probably get laughed at because if, if, it, yeah. if they don't do a good job at that. <laughs> yeah, it's a fine line. It's, it's, a, a, it's I think uh, having... A good mixture of life in a story is important. Um, and they're like one of my all-time favorites, Blade Runner. Mm. It was just the you know the cinematography, the music, the way everything kind of gelled together. They kind of looked to the future, and then that was you know that encapsulated a lot of stuff that I, that for me at the time hit, hit the mark. Mm. And so you work your way around, and, and you know. Life's, life's the best life's what you make of it and, and how you approach things mm, definitely well even Blade Runner has got a lot of moments in there that's not all doom and gloom serious there's a yeah. lot of fun moments in there and then there's it tells a story a lot of well. mystery. oh yeah it tells a story and you know you create great shots and pictures and that kind of stuff and sometimes just a shot without any dialogue can, mm. can tell a story yeah you know so yeah it's, it's well now it's become a classic very highly appreciated film but at the time you know it's almost like I think uh, I think it was in the the Blade Runner documentary. Ridley Scott said that being ahead of your time or behind your time is some, sometimes not a good thing. No, well, it, it for, isn't for the yeah. for the success of the film. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. in the long term, it paid off. I know, but people have, <laughs> people have very short memories. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> and talk uh, talking about horror movies, uh, you've actually uh, DP'd a couple more recently. 
Um, yes, yeah. Did you want to talk about it, either yeah. of them? Which yeah, both yeah. like the AI was interesting kind of um, I mean, the script was pretty. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's funny what you can pick up from reading a script. And from a horror point of view, I could see a lot of potential on which, which was happening. The script wasn't overly fantastic, but I, I knew by telling the story, you could have a lot of fun stuff with it and scares and that mm. kind of stuff. And it's more the, the visual that kind of pushes it more. And so you have fun with that. So that was, that was, that was a interesting project. And also it was a first time director and really kind of worked on a lot of big things. This is a big kind of movie. So working with him was great because I had a lot of leeway to do stuff and, and, you know, sat in and, and watched the actors and, you know, after working with good actors and bad actors, you kind of try to tell a story in a particular way without showing any bad acting, even though you can't afford this actor. But, yep. but, um, but in a horror genre as well, the good thing is you don't need to have a really big name because, as I say, you can actually kill them off and people don't know who's who or what's what and, and you keep that tension in it. Um, and just got to be believable. Mm. And also you can cut around things, you can make things work. And particularly, and when you've got no budget, you've got to think of, it's like filming 101, you've got to think how we can get around this or how do we do this? Oh, can we, can we, can we, have you, have you got a, have you got a technocrate? No. Have you got a, have you got a, this? No. Have you got a dolly? No. Have you got a, got a cable. Okay, fine. Yeah. yeah, so, yeah. so it's a, and you work out ways to do things. And, and, you, and the, what I love nowadays is that there's so much more leeway and stuff. Like you have the movies, you have cable cams, you have mm. all this extra stuff at your fingertips that relatively isn't overly expensive and you can get great stuff and drones and that. So you can just create your shots. And it is, it's like, Telling a story is like choreograph. If you sit down and, and know a scene that you want to play out, there's so many different ways of going about it. Mm. And knowing your crafts and tools is an advantage because then you can put the time aside to make sure that, that certain sequences work and, and you have it covered. And you have fun doing it because it's like experimenting. Mm. It's, it's like going into a science class and saying, well, let's try this. This might work. That might that. And timing. It's all about timing. Mm. You have the best thing and then the actor does his timing. Oh, just, oh. No, this time you're supposed to dive to your left, not your right. <laughs> you, know, you know, you're out of frame. But you know, yeah. things like that happen. And another one I did recently, this another Australian one was uh, Blackwater Abyss, which was uh, Blackwater was the first one, and then the Abyss was another one. It all takes part in a cave and everything like that. And you know, where's the light come from in a cave? Yeah, that's it. You know, oh God. So as as a DP, I was trying to they get a shaft coming through the middle of the cave and this and that and it's like no 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 doesn't no wants to keep it all dark and kind of claustrophobic okay shit so there's my light source gone okay so <laughs> what do they so then of course then they have head torches okay that could be you know light show but you know dark and light you know torches in the camera and flares and that kind of stuff and you know over bright and this and that so i mean it's you have to come up with ideas and ways of getting around things and 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 that you sit down and, and see what's available to you. you know? Yeah. You know, there's the good thing now, there's so more, more, and it's in water. So everything's in water, this and that, and um, reflections everywhere. So, so you guys just shot that on a stage, or was it? Yes. Yeah. Not, a, lot of, a few locations, but mainly in, 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 a, in a sound stage. And, and um, so there you got to design and sit down with the designers and work things out and how they're going to climb up to a certain thing in the water. And 
and the director wants his vision. This is how he wants things approached, and everything like that. And you're trying to get the the shot and going, well, um, you know, I just jump on the jump, jump on the ledge with them and shoot everything. And yeah, but it's a huge camera, and I'm going to fall off the ledge if I'm up there with them. So you think of alternative ways of getting up there, and you know, okay, so what have we got the budget for? Can we get a can we get a crane? No, okay, can we get this? So it's, it's you have to. You, you know, you wanted the handheld feel. So, mm. you know, you there's so many different ways of, of, of approaching it. So sitting down with the director, find out what he wants, and at the same time getting your vision across as well because at the end of the day, your name's attached to it regardless, you know. And mm. space and, you know, you know, he doesn't want too much light against the wall, but they're flat up against the wall and somebody's got to, you know, things... Things like challenges you have, mm. and everything, and it's always time. You're always chasing time. Yeah, yeah. As a DP, it. you want to have time to light things, but you know, <laughs> the more time you get, the more time you have. You light. I don't think yeah. you ever have enough time. No, you're, you're always, always you're always trying to. Okay, no, how much time we got? Okay, we, no, we need to go now. Oh, really? Can I just put one more? Oh, no, <laughs> let's go. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. that's that's when. Uh, uh, well, for me, my, because of my experience on low budgets, it's neck feel is my friend. Yeah, it's always neck feeling because I, I haven't got enough money for more lights. <laughs> yeah, and and that'll always be the case. You know, whatever film you get, you, you're going to run into problems and this and that, and just trying to make things work in what you've got. Mm, you know, definitely. and and get creative, and you know, sometimes you get in there and the the idea you had. You know about doing it a particular way and it doesn't work because situations change the cave's too small or the they're half underwater half submerged or the water's gone too murky and and, and then you got to you know that's why if you have the experience and the stuff behind you it can get you out of a lot of stuff because you can always turn around and say well actually actually let's we can actually do it this way mm. we can actually do it that way um rather than trying to go this avenue because it's not working rather than Three has been there. Said, "Ah, oh, let's reschedule a day because it's yeah. not going to happen." Yeah. yeah. In with uh, I, uh, um, I noticed in the trailer there's a lot of movement. Um, what was sort of the visual approaches you you kind of designed with the director? Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, first of all, the, the the shooting schedule was so tight and everything. You haven't got time to set dollies here, do that, same thing. So the only way, well, you got to be shoot this on the. Where steady can be the quickest way and easiest way to get around a lot of stuff. And then, but we still want to give the handheld feel. So you kind of, you know, I use a steady cam, like a bit of a handheld kind of motion, kept the shot moving and that kind of stuff. And kept, because you want to keep that kind of on edge feel about the movie. Things too smooth and everything like that, then you kind of, um, the audience get a bit more relaxed and things yeah. kind of jump in. Then they're kind of on the edge thinking <laughs> that something's going to jump out at them yeah. at any stage. So it's you kind of work on that. And and, and it's creating a mood in particular. Also, yeah. the, the lighting mood you set as well, that, it's, it's, um, that creates the mood of the film and how you approach that and, and how much time you have to light that and yeah. what works and what doesn't. And and the uh, the character in this is, uh, I believe, is, is a cursed character, like almost like yes, a soul. Yes, kind of possessed. So you kind of have to visualize that through. Yes, and 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 <laughs> not having budget is what can we do as special effect? What can we do? You know, <laughs> you know, and as soon as somebody said, "Oh, don't worry, we'll fix it in post," you go, oh. you just shake your head, going, "That's not going to happen because <laughs> they haven't got, they haven't got the time, they haven't got the budget." Yeah. You know, so what I have now, what I have on screen is is going to, that's that's what's going to be seen. Mm. 
you don't think they're going to add a special effect any onto that because it's not going to not going to happen. So always treat it like that. Always treat it. Try and get as much as you can in in film on the because then it's there. You have it. Mm. You know, but it's getting time to get that happen happening. And, and I mean, designing shots also sometimes you haven't got the luxury of of going and doing a lot of rehearsals on these things. You just got to mm. shoot the rehearsals, as they yeah. say. <laughs> shoot the rehearsal and you know. Because, you know, particularly stunts, man, because first stunt goes off, the you know, actor ends up bumping his head and then like, he's got a big welt in his head the whole time, <laughs> so you got to show it, you know. Create, a, things, create yeah. a little scene just for that. <laughs> yes, exactly, and, and, you know, as you do. So did you did you come out uh, either projects, either Blackwater or Aya, where you had an, an outcome that you were quite pleasantly surprised maybe even? Yes, you know, I was... I was happy with the look of it all, how it all came out. I mean, editing is a whole other sequence which to go down and, and um, you know, would have loved to sit in more on the editing side of things, but you just haven't got the luxury. You just kind of, as a DP, what you do, hand over everything. Once it's done, it's in your hands. I trust you to handle this baby and treat it correctly and you're off to the next project mm. almost. That's, yeah, uh, that is, and you come back to grade and look, and maybe throw a comment here and there. But that process is a lot, a lot out of your hands at that stage, and that's why you got to make sure that you have covered yourself because they're in a dark room, they've been editing for hours. If the shot's not there, they're not going to hear how the director didn't want that shot. They're mm. only going to you're only going to hear the the bad end of it, and you're not there to defend yourself. So make mm. sure you cover your ass. Yeah, lots, lots of shots. <laughs> yeah, as much Coverage. as you can. Even the cutaways, trust me, those cutaways yeah. can save you so well, so much. Oh, yeah, and, and fighting for coverage is sometimes hard on set, but, like, I've, yeah, I've, you know, obviously had that happen where we shot even a short film project, and I, I knew, and I've, obviously on set you tell the AD or, or direct and say, oh, we need to get this and this shot because you just won't have enough for the edit. And then you get to the edit, and then, like you said, we don't have that, and you know you... You uh, know you had that shot and you wanted to shoot it, but they, would, they wouldn't give you the time. And it's well, like, it was, you know, a good example of that was I was just over in Korea shooting a film and it gone up. We're supposed to finish like at one o'clock and like four o'clock in the morning we're still, and everyone's freaking out trying to get it. And uh, we needed the reverse shot and the, and everyone's tired that the director's saying, no, no, we don't need it, we, we got it. And at that stage you're thinking, you know, Look at this. I, I'm, I'm really tired as well. I just want to go to bed, just get mm-hmm. some rest. And it's the last thing you're doing. And I, and I had to, then I had to sit down and says, no, we, we need the reverse. We really need the reverse. You know, it's, it's a pain in the ass, but we need it. Otherwise, the sequence will not work. And ugh, it's like, and I had to push it. Mm. But at the end of the day, it, it, <laughs> yeah, we needed it. So it's, it's, yeah. you know, but, you know, then these things start going through your mind. Okay. To film, I'm killing myself with this. Who's going to see it? This and that. Is, is it worthwhile? All this energy. Because I really don't feel like doing this shit. I really don't give a shit. <laughs> I am so tired. You know, I don't even know if it's in focus anymore, but I know we need this shot. So it's like, uh. but then once you've done something like that the next day or look back afterwards and thinking, oh shit, you know, it was the right call. Yeah. Although at the time, <laughs> you know, that's the last thing you want to do. Yeah, you, you know your instinct says you should do it, but you fight I it. With, know, you I know, know, the resistance is always there. But it's, <laughs> it's at the end of the day, it's, it's 
be proud of what you do. It's your work. Your name's attached to yeah. it. So just remember that. Who sees it? You never know. You never know where it's going to end up. Yeah. Oh, well, you know, the, the thing is with low budgets, it's it's always hard. I'm assuming this Korean film was similar shoes. It wasn't a big budget oh, thing. Of course, no budget. Yeah. And um, no one speaks English. Well, yeah, that's. Yeah, so sign tricky. language is a lot of things and, you know. It's, it's, <laughs> so how, how did you actually end up getting on a project like that if, if, if uh, it's uh, non-English speaking? Years ago, I did a, did a, did a um, shoot with this Korean director. And he loved the way I shot and worked and everything like that. So when he got this script, he insisted on me and, you know, in the broken English that we kind of worked it all out. So it's, you know, I read the English version and I knew the sequences that I wanted to get together. So it's, it's you're telling a story kind yeah. of. Dialogue you may not understand, but at the end of the day, you, the actions speak louder than words. Yeah, well, you, you should be able to watch a movie in mute and get it, you know. Yes, exactly. It's it's watching a movie. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, it's, I, I really appreciate actually uh, non-English films. If, if you're watching a non-English film with subtitles and you still get so drawn in with the characters, yeah. that's when I'm like, that is filmmaking because... You know, you're, it's it's a bit of a distraction almost having a subtitles, and you're still getting the the character and the yes, story. Yes, yes, yeah. That that to me is always an amazing achievement. You know, so like French cinema, a lot of there are a lot of films where yes, I get yeah. that because they understand. But also, you know, it's it's the thing is with the, the low budget, you can be a bit more daring, do things, and try things, and mm-hmm. see it works, and you know, try put your signature on it if you can. I mean, you know. Sometimes you're really chasing your own tail half the time, but at the end of it, you see the results and you're happy with it. And you think, well, jeepers, that came out better than I thought, expected. You know, that's always that's, always nice. that's, that, that's <laughs> job satisfaction for you. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you do get little magic moments that you sometimes when you're capturing and you've, even though you've kind of sequenced it in your head, you doesn't feel very smooth, you know, and then <laughs> yeah. you see the cut and you're like, wow, that actually cuts. Yeah, so it's good to get a good editor. Yeah, that's it. Someone who knows. And, and do you, on your experience, especially on a big budget, is the editor on on set, or or, or no, no, not at all, not the time. Normally, the the director has well, on a big budget, director has notes and everything taken by the continuity. That's but right. A lot of these smaller ones, continuity. What's that? They make just sure the watch is on the right arm. You know, <laughs> you know not writing down the take and which which ones the good yeah. take, which day is the bad take. Sometimes yeah. they just sit back and you know <clears throat> pre-production is so important you know being prepared to what's about to go forward because shit goes wrong and just got to find the best way of handling it and what you can do on the day can save you so much time later yeah which people at the moment at that time that's the be all and end all this is what's important you need to get this done and we'll sort it out later it's, yeah it's no no has satisfying that may seem at the time it's not really what ends up well yeah it's this attitude of of shortcuts that's creeping into a lot of quality work like not just in film industry but other things where people are trying to find shortcuts and simple thing like having a checklist of you know bad shot good shot good take bad take it's It's so important to fight for that because it makes your life so much easier there's a formula that's been around for a long time and it's yeah it's still the same formula. I remember working with a new director coming up and he's, <laughs> you know, it was just, if you come up with this, you say, I don't know, this, this is a new way of shooting forms. And I mean, like, and I'm going, no, from, no the, the old way is still good. <laughs> Trust me, the old way is still good. You can't just make up shit on the day and expect it to work. Sometimes yeah. you're lucky, yes, but 
you know, <laughs> trust me, you're going to hit a brick wall at some stage. Yeah, yeah. Well, nothing worse than you're sitting in the editing room and yeah. it just doesn't work, doesn't cut together. Or if, editor, even if you have and the, the editor's saying, "Where's that shot?" Yeah. And the director's saying, oh, no, no, but we'll do it this way. And I'm just... It's a one It's a one sitting at the back of, back of the room going, yeah, I told you so, whatever. <laughs> and in, in talking about um, having the having these, you know, processes in place, with communication, is there something that you really, for you, it's really important to ensure that when you're, you have your team, that you want to ensure that that's always in place? Yeah, well, you know, always get the people around you that make you look good really true you know i know so many people aren't really very good at what they do but they have the best people around them which makes them look good and makes you get the job all the time so there you go so and knowing how to and knowing how there's people around you and and good team makes all the difference and also attitude as well you know you at times where you you're working you've been you know like a 16 hour straight shoot and everyone's but everyone still gets together and and get 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 it done and no one as soon as somebody starts stirring or jumping up and unhappy and this and that, that moaning kind of thing, then it's uh, and that's kind of it's very contagious, mm. you know. And at the end of the day, you're there to get the thing done. It's guys, just get. Can we just get through this and then we can talk about it afterwards? But let's not bring it here now. Let's get it get it done and then make sure it doesn't happen again. But let's not make a big scene now because we really haven't got the time for it. And we just uh, can we please get this. This done. I just, yeah. you know, I want to get out of here as much as you do, but you know, and it's it should such a situation fine, but we're here, we got to deal with it now. There's no way around it. It's moaning about it isn't going to solve the problem, yeah. Just getting it done, and just, and I think a lot of people miss that actually, miss, miss that they just want to moan about things all the time, not mm. and and trying to figure out how to get out of it. You're there, get it done, yeah. own it, own it, and just. Get through with it just don't do it again if you don't want to <laughs> well yeah and, and i think the issue comes down to the do they even have a passion for this like are they just is this just a job for them because if that's what it is then you shouldn't be in the film industry because it's so specialized that every even the smallest roles require that 100 percent attention um otherwise it just yeah it, well you've got to sit back and ask you know did i have a good day did I enjoy what I did? You know, did I f- do I feel job satisfaction or, you know, am I happy? What I'm doing? Yes or no? Finally, you'll answer the question very quickly yourself. Yeah. You know, film is one of those things, what you put in is what you get out. Yeah. So if you're just there to take and just hope that they expect to make money and that kind of stuff, then that's not really the right industry to be in. And we're not saving lives, we're telling a story, have mm. fun with it. Yeah, that's right. You know. And with uh, putting in all that effort, at the end of the day, you're creating something. So why be half-assed about it? You know what I mean? Like just, I just love it. <laughs> bite the bullet, yeah. whatever, and laugh about the situation afterwards. Just yeah. you won't do that again, that's for sure. But yeah, that's it. It's like life throws you these lessons and you have good jobs and bad jobs. You know, yeah. you can't all be good. I mean, well, you try. Yeah. But I mean, every job, just because you might, whatever your passion is, you're still going to have probably more not so great days versus the amazing days, and you've just got to celebrate the good days. Exactly, and just to prepare you for your next next job. <laughs> yeah, and and you try to take some something away, and you go, okay, I've learned that now. I can do this better now that I've realised. So be be a little bit 
you know, objective in, in the way you look at yeah. how you've looked at your own work, I think is, or how you behaved even, you know, sometimes you've got to It is, and also back. the more you work, the more people you get to work with. And then some people you work really well with, other people you don't work as well with. Mm. So, and as, as a person working in the industry, don't take it personally. If somebody worked on a job and then they choose them on the next job, it's because maybe there's maybe something you do different. Maybe they like something framed a bit differently than you do. Maybe there's another. Maybe they want to try somebody else. That may, hmm. you know. But and then they say no. But they always use me. I always do all their films. But maybe they want to try something different. But don't take it personally. Just whatever. Just if you do, then you'll be a ball in the corner. You'll you, you know. Yeah. You'll never want to work. But you'll be depressed all the time, thinking that you're bad at what you do. And it's not that. It's just. No. Some people prefer that kind of look. Well, that's their genre, so maybe they're doing that film. Or this is your genre that they kind of like working with that kind of thing. So, yeah, uh, it's if you if you know you've done your best, you can't really blame yourself at all. Exactly, that's it, and it is what it is. So you get out what you put in. Exactly, and um, so I suppose because you've come from the very old technology of tube cameras. Uh, what are some of the things that you, you're finding in today that maybe a pro or a con with t- today's technology having all this access to shooting fairly high-quality footage with virtually as... Well, I know. think filmmakers are at a stage where there's so much more happening now. There's technology so much there. The cameras that you can get at your fingertips are there. Some people are screaming out for more content, all the Netflix and stands and google and everything you have a chance of creating something and, and very good chance of somebody picking something up particularly if you're good at what you do and and this exciting time for most filmmakers i th- i think you know whether it's a film or tv series whatever if you're clever what you do and 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 get the right people involved i mean at the end of the day you know it's all who you know but um if you know the genre you're going for you get the right people involved it's it's great, but don't expect things to happen overnight. Mm-hmm. You know, instant gratification is a world that we kind of live in at the moment, and it's people get disappointed when that doesn't happen. And trust me, it's not just going to happen. But like if you all the actors, if you look, the ones who make it, mm-hmm. it's a very small percentage. A lot of them wait to tables and that kind of stuff, and waiting for the opportunity. So, but you have a chance to get out there and get your work out and so many more film festivals and it, it's exciting times. I mean, I wish that was around when, when I was starting out. Mm. I would have approached things very differently. Um, and learn from people. Don't always come thinking you have the knowledge with everything and don't think that you have the answers for everything. You're always learning. I'm always learning. As much as I know and much as I've seen, I still learn more every time I go into a set and do stuff. If you mm. don't, then you'll never learn anything in the wrong industry. Yeah. And, well, with the question about technology, I guess that what it comes down to is that it's not really about the technology. It's just a tool. And today and 30 years ago, it was still the same thing. It's about having the right people and and working the right way. And everything, you know, I can take one camera, two different cameras on different ends of scale. I can, you can sit and edit suite and not notice the difference if i'm if i know my lighting if i know the camera if i know the parameters in which it works 
I know that camera works real in low lighting. That one works in, in, in high density, that kind of stuff. So, you know, know the cameras, know the pros and cons. I mean, you don't have to be a tech head to do it. Just, no. just go and listen to people when they say, what camera do you use here? You know, find out for yourself. The more you learn, the more you, on hands, the more you get to know what works and what doesn't hmm. and what works for you and what the feeling you want to create. Yeah. And of course, everything boils down to budget, which you can, okay, now what I want this camera, okay, now here's an iPhone, go out to make a movie. Mm. That's the budget. <laughs> yeah, and you know, we'd all like to be at the top end, Oscar winning, whatever, you know, cinematographer or whatever job you want to do. And yeah, they get to work with exactly what they always wanted to work with. That's great. But I think today, because of the variation of technology that just keeps changing, you kind of have to a little bit be adaptable in a way as well. Well, it is. It's, it's, it's always adapting and new technology but at the end of the day it's the same it's a people industry mm. it's all who you know what you know it's work with people creating a story making it work make it enjoyable for others and if you have fun on the movie you'll it'll reflect on the movie itself mm. so true with uh your experience shooting for so many years now is there something that a tool or, or something that you always have with you that or a piece of gear that just it, it, lucky charm something that you just this is something I always have with me I don't know it's just a bit of a fun question actually <laughs> whatever film you go on take your sense of humour with you yeah and don't let them knock that out of you just and also just just you know it's a people industry and, and, and you know I think by helping and giving you receive much more than just taking and in whatever in whatever you do and in your outlook on life so it's uh, you know and people are very you know grateful and listening to you and then that in itself is a great virtual great kind of feeling mm. you know nowadays people get very protective about their corner of of the film world they have and people get very protective and it's sometimes very hard to break into because it's you know you know they're afraid you're going to take a part of what they, you know, I think competition's good. Mm. I think new filmmakers up and coming, everything have different ideas, and and some of them work, some of them don't. Um, but being in the industry and being in there so long, to look and see what works, and maybe you can integrate some of that and that. You know, you know when you explain, <laughs> you know, a lot of kids come out of film school and everything, they're directing everything like that, and they go into, it, but they haven't had the and visually fine. They've got a, they've got a way that they want to tell the story, but their people skills are basic, <laughs> basic. And they're pissing everyone off and this and that, and they're getting frustrated and everyone else getting frustrated. And it's a, yeah, yeah that's, it's, a, it's, that's a recipe for disaster, no matter how fantastic you are as a director yeah, or how good your vision is. Well, like you said, it's a, it's a people game and um, that's nice that you've learned the craft. Everyone can learn a craft, you know what I mean? But it's not, you realize when you're on a film shoot, you don't do it all yourself. There's lots no. of other people doing things and you have to make sure everyone runs pretty smoothly. And if you can be that guy that inspires them, then that's even better. So. Well, yes, you can be the person that kind of pushes everyone in the right direction, getting there and having fun doing it. Mm. When people freak out with that kind of stuff, and it, you know, it's just sometimes you got to sit them down and, and literally get them to see the reality is insane. We're not saving lives here. It's just a movie, yeah. really. Break it down. You know, it's not the end of the world. Don't have a nervous breakdown. You know, 
you will recover from this. This isn't the center of the universe. A month from now, it won't seem as bad as what it is. Yeah, for sure. And for your future, is there any uh, filmmaker you want to work with or a, a project that you'd like to one day tackle? Yeah, I just, um, you know, it's, you never really know what's out there. One day to the next, you just get thrown these things and, you know, calm is a funny thing, you know. It's when you're least expecting things that things happen. Mm. And just be ready to take it on. And you know what? Whatever comes along, just put your hand up and say yes. You will, if it's, but out of your league and everything like that, if you have the sense and get the right people around you to help it, you know, you'll make it work if you're clever enough. Mm. And that's one way of, getting to know who you are and what you're, what you're capable of and, and getting the right people around you. If it's bigger than Ben-Hur and it's way beyond what you expected, get the people who mm. know what they're doing and then you, they'll help you along the, in the journey and be upfront and honest with people. I mean, ego and arrogance is always, it's it's big part of the film industry we work in, but mm-hmm. people like to kind of hear the human side of things. And if you're having a hard time, just sit down and, and just discuss that with them and then they will, most people will help you get through it and be more on your side than ever before than trying to act as if you know all the answers and not knowing anything. Yeah, and I, like, I think it's uh, also to do with, uh, I think you mentioned earlier on that um, people fear that they lose their position and, that, and that's where all that comes from and if you just throw that away and go, it's not about that, then yeah. I think you can way through the whatever you're doing there's always you'll always have good and bad Mm. that's just the industry we work in good jobs you work in bad jobs you work in people who are purely in it for their own gain and this and that and will step on others to get on the way up but at the end of the day they don't really last that long because it's a Mm. small industry everyone knows everything (laughs) people know all the mistakes you made not the successes that you had yeah, that's that's sadly the human nature of things, but uh, yes. that's why you have to minimize it as much as you can. Just minimize. And uh-huh. the thing is, and just get on with things. I mean, there are always people out there wanting to make movies and, and wanting to get their story told and put it out there. And it's just how you approach it, really. Yeah. And how will they get on with you? This is, you can have the best person in the world at what they do. They're fantastic, but they're a complete asshole. And you coming along and, and you're not as good, but you're a really pleasant person to work with. They will get you for that job because yeah. I have to work with you for three months, so I will put up with, I've got a good chance of getting on with you for three months and pin up with this idiot that I have to <laughs> really, you'll get great shots, but man, I'm not enjoying the process that I'm going through. Yeah, and you know, and that's the other reason why you might not, never work with that person again, because it's so. simply just that you, you, you might be too real for that person. Actually, <laughs> you know, at the end of the, <laughs> end of the day, I always say, you never say no to a job, you just increase your price. Yeah, <laughs> true. Yeah, well, that that worked then, for then me. That's it. Okay, then fine. If okay, oh no, it's gonna be hard to work with them, but I'm getting paid pretty well, so oh bugger it. Okay, I just I just bite the bit and get on with it. Yeah, that's it. Then, that's yeah, true. Then then you then you bitch and moan. You can't really because then no. well, you know what? It's pretty good. At the end of it, I'll have a really good holiday. Yeah, yeah. yeah so you've you've got to uh, and de-stress. Yeah, <laughs> put some goals in place if if that if it comes yeah, down to working with it, yeah. a tough project. And that's true. That even through working my biggest projects you know um or large larger paid projects so i just cranked my price up because i didn't really want to work and they they said oh no we'll do it okay 
Okay, there you go. That's <laughs> and then you just you just yeah. do it. So sometimes, yeah, it's it's that's a good test as well because then it just comes down to business. Yeah. So you could look that's at it that sense. way too. And so, what's the next project for you coming up? Anything? Uh, yeah. Well, I'm off to off to London in about a month's time. So I've just got to go off and some work with Dion on Disney with the Little Mermaids. That's oh, gonna be, that's going to be quite fun. So. Wow. Yeah, working with the, you know, the bigger areas like the 65 millimeter sensors and different cameras, bigger cameras, different lenses, all that kind of stuff. So it's a huge, you know, all the rigs are different. So thank God it's not a full on action, but mm. so <laughs> don't have these big multi cranes, these heavy cameras swinging around. Um, but yeah, and then we got a, got a month in Sardinia, which would be quite fun. Wow. So it's, it's great. It's a good, it's exciting. So it's, yeah, that sounds. Hopefully the weather holds up for you guys. Yeah, well, a lot of studio stuff, a lot yeah. of green screen and that kind of stuff. So it's is it a lot of uh, waiting around for lighting, this and that, and yeah. going back and getting coffees. And is it? Uh, do you know if it's more set based or is it going to be a bit a more blue screen? A lot of it will be set based, okay, because yeah, it's it's uh, it's an effect, a lot of effects and that kind of stuff. Mm. And the, and that that's more precise stuff. You have got to kind of really be on it and musicals and everything. And Rob Marshall, the director that we're working on, working with is uh, such a nice guy, but but knows exactly what he wants. You know, exactly what you want. That's good. And if you're not quite getting it, you'll say, uh, Damien, can you just come up to the monitor here? And then, and then like, as <laughs> an operator again, oh, yeah, you're in trouble now. Oh. <laughs> and then as they're laughing, they say, uh, Peter, will you come up to the monitor as well, please? <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Whoops. So then you kind of, oh, the, in the principal's office, there you go. Yeah, it's good, though. You know, no, it's good fun. to have that. It is. And, and then you laugh at these things, you know, and everyone's there to kind of make it all work. And, and dear my brothers, you know, we're just, we're brothers civilly, so we just kind of get on with things and I give them a hard time and, you know, yeah. as usual, as brothers do, but he's my younger brother. Oh, there you go. Yeah, so there you go. You but but it's, it's good, we, you know, there's five boys in the family, so it's, uh, we all get on well and it's, uh, you know, and it's fun because we just catch up and just left off where you left off and, yeah, you know, get on with it and it's, you know, it's funny because the London film industry is very, um, all siblings and, and who you know and what you know, it's all families and they've mm. been in it for, generations and so getting into that you know when you're coming from australia working over there it's 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 you you know who are you where are you coming from this and that so it's it's a whole mm. i'm thinking i'm more known over in london film industry than administrator there you go yeah well that's amazing like in yeah it's interesting you know people here that do a lot of work in australia yeah and then, I mean, I, even yourself, I, I found through, I was just looking through to see who's in, in Brisbane slash Gold Coast. And, but I looked at your work and you're like, oh, you've worked on all these big films and not in Australia. So that's, yeah. that's quite fortunate in that way. But at the same time, I'm at this stage of my life where I enjoy life, enjoy mm. my time off. When I work, it's hard. But when I have time off, I enjoy that time of thing. And I'm I'm lucky. I'm in I'm in a position now where I don't have to push myself as much. Mm. It's you know it's, it's it's a good place to be. I mean, it took a long time to get there. Yeah. But um, and also it's it's I can help young up and coming, you know, students and this and that. Fine, you know, that that is you know. And also, I think for the younger generation, also learning to to go through the hard times and thinking that you have an education just go out there inspect to work and get to work immediately is very difficult mm -hmm. you know, you'll be disappointed learned you know it's almost 
if you learn starting like the run or whatever it is or whatever stage you get into it you get to know the people in the industry mm. rather than coming in cold and trying to assert yourself yeah once you get in there and and any projects you know you don't even have to get paid for it initially just chalk it up as education mm. so instead of you paying them it's 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 free from both sides and yeah. you get as much out as you put in so and people see that and they see you eager you see you keen and they will get you on the next project because of that mm. because they see that you are good at problem solving you're good at this and you're got your hand up and you don't have to be asked you're there you know mm. eager to learn people like that eager to learn mm. one thing i really picked up that i appreciate on film sets is attentiveness because that's what I found that some of these kids that did come out of film school yeah. they didn't have that and no it's it's experience is important obviously yeah. but I think if you can learn that it before is. you walk onto working with other creatives and film shoots that if you're attentive people will appreciate and it people pick it up mm. believe me uh, you know the the motto on a film set is hurry up and wait mm. so I know it's what you do in that waiting time that counts yeah you know if you're on your phone, not paying attention to what's going on, if like people walk past and look and going, okay, I'm He's in not a different world. You're not actually in this kind of, you know. Then, you know, if it's a bigger form, would you, you know? So, you know, let people see that you're interested and be keen, and then you get more out of it. Your day mm. goes quicker. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's true as well. Because otherwise, you'll be very well, hanging around and having so many coffees. There's only so many coffees and teas you can have in a. In a, yeah, and that, in a day. that's not good either. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you might go a bit crazy when you actually have to do exactly. the action. Yeah. Wow, so that that's uh, really wonderful to have a talk to you about your experience in the industry and thanks for coming on board and having a chat to us. No pleasure. Thank you. Well, that was a great chat with Damien Beebe and look forward to more of his work down the line. Next episode coming up, I have Stefan Duccio, who is a cinematographer. His work I quite admire and he's got a quite wonderful range of uh, feature films that he's shot. Most recently, The Invisible Man, which looked fantastic. And also he did uh, previous work with the same director, Upgrade. And we'll get uh, quite into detail about Invisible Man and the lighting and the, the way it was shot. So look out for it. It's a really great podcast. Talk to you next week.